Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today, we're talking with Dr. Daniel Grace of Hamilton Internal Medicine Clinic near the corner of Broderick and Burleson Drive in Dalton, Georgia. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Grace. It's great to be here. Dr. Grace is a board-certified internal medicine physician and the associate program director of outpatient medicine at a new physician practice called Hamilton Internal Medicine Clinic. Dr. Grace, how long have you been with Hamilton? Well, I just started with Hamilton in July of this year, so July 2020. I'm coming from the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. Um, but actually, I went to medical school at Mercer University in Atlanta and did most of my community medicine rotations over a four-year period uh, in this community. Uh, so I got to know a lot of the local community physicians. I actually uh, worked with a physician who's now uh, one of the physicians at Hamilton. Um, so great learning, great educational opportunity. Uh, got to know the community quite well during that time. Well, that is fantastic. So you know our community already. Somewhat, yeah. Definitely over the last couple of years, we, part of that assessment, we did a community needs assessment during that time. And it was very illuminating um, in, in terms of how we could best uh, meet the needs in uh, Dalton and Whitfield County and the surrounding areas. Oh, that's wonderful. That is great. It's, it's so good to have you in North Georgia. Well, thank you very much. Uh, that, that is fantastic. When it comes to spare time, and uh, I've been talking with doctors now for a few weeks, and it seems like uh, you guys and gals don't have a lot of spare time, but when it comes to spare time, what do you like to do when you're away from away from medicine, away from the office, away from patients? Sure. So I have three kids, so... Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Well, I know what you keep busy with then. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're eight, uh, five, and three. got to make sure I get all the ages right. Wow. So I am quite busy at home taking care of them. Um, we recently purchased a, kind of a fixer-upper home. Um have loved being there, but, you know, we spent a lot of time uh, getting things together, getting the house uh, back to ship shape. Right. So, um, a family of, of five, that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's the, but that's where I spend most of my time. We spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, my wife is an outdoor enthusiast and uh, a cyclist and a hiker and a runner, so we, we do those things with our kids quite a bit. Now, you have boys, girls, combination? All boys. All boys. Mm -hmm. All boys. Well, that is wonderful. That is, you are going to love that. And they're going to love this area. Mm -hmm. They're going to absolutely love this area. Uh, why did you choose to become an internal medicine physician? So that's actually an interesting story. Um, so I was actually originally an ophthalmology resident at the University of North Carolina. And during my first year, I actually suffered a heart attack. Um, you suffered a heart attack? Yes, sir. Wow, really? At Very young. You were mm -hmm. 30 years old. Yep, 30 years old at the time. Um, completely out of the blue, was on a mountain bike going up a steep hill. Um, you know, had some chest pressure and then went to the doctor two weeks later and ended up having a um, heart cath and a stent that, that afternoon. What about that at 30 years old and you are in great shape you look to be in, in fantastic shape now see i've had a heart attack oh, wow. i had a tar heart attack when i was 49 i'm 56 now and uh, i had a uh, five-way bypass oh my goodness and since then i've had a stent i had a stent about three months ago but and this was back in 2013 uh it was a life-changing event for me and i mm -hmm. suspect that you're going to say the same absolutely i mean 
after that, I was um, started my ophthalmology portion of my program and just felt like um, I should go into primary care. Uh, the primary care physician is the one who really picked up on my uh, issue, um, you know, got me a stress test, and which led to the heart cath and the stent placement uh, at such a young age, even though it wasn't typical. And that that person was an internal medicine physician, so right. I, it really impressed me and and just helped me to understand the true importance of good primary care. I understand that is quite a story. Did have you ever figured out what caused this heart attack at such a young age? I. The only thing that ever came up was, you know, maybe stress of uh, the long hours and years of study and working hard and yeah, uh, and then climbing that big hill just kind of <laughs> did it, I guess. What mm-hmm. about that? At Thirty years old. Well, that is a great story. I'm glad that you're a, a heart attack survivor. So, uh, so you have heart disease. Mm-hmm. You yep. have heart disease. Well, what about that? Well, that gives me a whole lot to, to think about, and uh, I want to ask you some questions about internal medicine. How does internal medicine compare with family medicine? Yeah, so the two specialties are quite quite different. Um, you know, as you know, that there are four different really primary care specialties, and I explain it to my patients like this. Um, pediatrics mainly focuses on kids. Uh, family medicine, we'll see anywhere from, you know, sometimes even involved in childbirth up to 90 plus. Internal medicine is kind of the adult counterpart to pediatrics. Um, you know, it's really kind of a, a misnomer. Um, you know, I think probably adult medicine would be a better term for the specialty, but internal medicine is what it is. Um, practically, in our training, internal medicine, we spend a lot more time taking care of elderly, sicker patients. Uh, We rotate through the ICU. We spend time with cardiologists and kidney specialists and lung specialists, whereas um, the family medicine uh, tends to rotate more broadly. They'll spend time with um, obstetrics, uh, gynecologists, uh, general surgery. Uh, They just don't spend as much dedicated time to those sicker patient populations. Pediatrics, you know, um, spends most of their time focusing on children. Um, Typically, again, the sicker children who have multiple uh, either developmental issues or, um, you know, even healthy kids uh, focusing on vaccination schedules and um, uh, just normal development. Uh, And then gynecologists also are... um, considered primary care. And usually, you know, they, they of course, follow uh, women through the pregnancy and childbirth, but also can provide routine health screening, well-woman exams, things like that. Um, and usually their patients are healthier uh, females who, who don't have a compendium of medical issues ongoing. Right. I understand. So uh, you can think of this as pediatrics for adults, so this is like mm-hmm. adult medicine. Absolutely. Internal medicine. That is that is very interesting. Very good. I'm, I'm so glad that you're with us today on Health for Life. In fact, we need to take a break here on Health for Life, and we will be right back. Caring like a family, fighting like an army. Hamilton Healthcare System is here for you. Armed with a love for our community, advanced care, and personalized service, our commitment to serve with compassion stands strong in this season of uncertainty. You are the heart of all we do. 
Visit us at hamiltonhealth.com for timely health information and updates. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of COVID-19 and other respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces such as remote controls and doorknobs. Stay at least six feet from other people and stay home if you're sick. Call your doctor if you develop a fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more information, visit HamiltonHealth.com or CDC.gov. Did you know that colon cancer claims over 50,000 lives each year? The good news is that colonoscopies save lives. Convenient appointments are available at Hamilton Medical Center's new Bandy Endoscopy Center, located at the corner of Broadrick and Memorial Drives. Hamilton follows CDC guidelines and screens for COVID-19 symptoms at the door. If you are age 50 or older or have a family history of colon cancer, ask your primary care provider to schedule your colonoscopy. Please don't delay important medical screenings. Your health won't wait. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Welcome back to Health for Life. We're talking with Dr. Daniel Grace of the of Hamilton Internal Medicine. Uh, Dr. Grace, who should see an internal medicine physician? Yeah, certainly. So we um, we see a broad range of patients. Um, we see healthy eighteen year olds who mm-hmm. are just there for their annual exam, need a flu shot, cough, cold, uh, sore throat, runny nose. Um, Typically, what we specialize in are taking care of those um, older patients or even like yourself or myself have a younger who have multiple medical problems such as hypertension, diabetes, cholesterol issues, um, asthma, COPD. Uh, typically, what we do is coordinate a lot of specialty input so if someone is seeing a kidney specialist uh, and an orthopedist and a cardiologist will look at all the recommendations uh, from those specialists and kind of uh, form a cohesive plan, um, putting all that information and recommendations together to make what we believe and what the, the patient's best interest way forward from that time. Um, so typically we see those folks who have more medical problems and that, you know, reflects our training, um, having experience with those uh, patients who are a little bit sicker or uh, in the hospital more often. When you talk about, you see a patient who's had, who has like many medical problems. Uh, I've got a diabetes doctor, I, you know, I've got a cardiologist. So I would be a, a, maybe a patient that would come see you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you kind of put tie everything together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tell us about Hamilton Internal Medicine Clinic. How is it different than other physician practices? Sure. So uh, Hamilton Internal Medicine Clinic is actually a resident-run clinic. So resident physicians um, see the patients. They're the primary caregivers, and then they coordinate the care with the supervising attending physician, um, such as myself Mm -hmm. uh, or one of the other doctors in the clinic there. So that's how it's different. 
So it is much different. And resident, now you're talking about residents. Mm -hmm. And uh, our next segment is coming up in just a few minutes. And I want to talk about residents and uh, what that exactly means. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we can talk about that in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back shortly. Uh, Health for Life, thank you for listening. Dr. Daniel Grace is our guest, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Caring like a family, fighting like an army. Hamilton Healthcare System is here for you. Armed with a love for our community, advanced care, and personalized service, our commitment to serve with compassion stands strong in this season of uncertainty. You are the heart of all we do. Visit us at HamiltonHealth.com for timely health information and updates. You're on Health for Life with Dr. Daniel Grace. Thank you for listening. Dr. Daniel Grace of the Hamilton Internal Medicine. And a few minutes ago, you were talking about resident physicians. A resident, what is a resident physician and are they a doctor? Absolutely. So... Every resident physician is a, is a physician. They've completed four years of medical school, gone through all of that training, and graduated. So they are medical doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, most physicians at that point do elect to continue further specialty training, such as in internal medicine or pediatrics or surgery. So the second set of training or residency is what provides the specialty care. Um, Basically, it teaches a surgeon to be a surgeon, uh, an internist to be an internist, uh, or a family physician to be a family physician. Okay. So that that is actually where we get a lot of our hands-on training. Is it residency? Is in residency. And that's what you're doing now. And that's what we're doing now. Generally speaking, the first year of residency is called the internship. Uh, That's when residents spend most of their time in the hospital. Um, And then the second and third year, they actually spend a good amount of time instructing the first year residents and continuing through their subspecialty rotations, uh, selecting what area of internal medicine, um, whether they want to be a hospitalist or a primary care physician or other even if they want to go on and do further training, such as a pulmonologist or lung specialist or heart doctor or cardiologist or a a diabetes uh, doctor or like an endocrinologist during that process. And it helps them to get the experience they would need to to make a good decision about what they want to do by giving them kind of a broad uh, smattering of experiences with other physicians, um, as if you will. Now, is that what you're doing right now? Right. So what I'm doing, my job currently is to supervise residents in the outpatient clinic. So I'm over that primary care portion of internal medicine residency. Um, Our our residency program director, uh, Dr. Deidre Pierce, is over the whole program. Um, And then we have uh, kind of two divisions within our uh, program. We have the hospital part. Uh, which is seen by Dr. Baines, and then the outpatient or primary care part, um, which is overseen by myself, and that's the a good portion, a third of the experience is actually in that clinic, in the primary care setting, so that to make sure that the residents have a good breadth of experience uh, of what they're actually going to do in a day-to-day primary care physician life. Wow, very interesting. Um, and how many residents do you have there? Currently, we have 18, um, so that, and that number will gradually increase to 36 over the next two years. 
So um, in residency training, there are three years of uh, training. Um, each year is going to have 12 residents. So as we slowly build up, um, as you know, we opened last year, we were actually able to select uh, six second-year residents who transferred in from— That's how you got your 18 number. That's, that's correct. And then we had 12 first-year residents who matched into our program. So the, the match is actually an interesting uh, way that's done as well. Um, so we had uh, 2,700 applicants for 12 positions. 2,700? That's correct. It's incredible. That is incredible. How in the world would you pick 12 out of 2,700? Well, it's it's uh, a difficult Did process. Did you have a part in picking those? Well, I wasn't here in the system yet, but this upcoming year I will. I wonder if you'll have that many uh, try again. Oh, I'm sure we will. Um, it's a very good program. And so, you know, what we've seen so far, we're very encouraged by the number of applicants that will be coming in. Um, but basically, we use a, a smattering of, of different um, criteria to try to pick the top two or three hundred. Right. Um, and then last year, um, two to three hundred live interviews actually at Hamilton Medical Center over a period of several months. Um, and then after that point in time, uh, the hospital will rank the top number of residents uh, from one to 300, um, whoever they interviewed. Mm -hmm. um, and then the uh, individual applicants will rank their programs for one to however many programs they uh, interviewed. And then a uh, giant computer um, at the graduate medical education office uh, matches these these names and hospital systems together uh, in, a, in a giant ceremony called Match Day. Um, it's a big celebration for medical students because they find out where they're going to go to residency. Um, and, you know, some programs don't even fill all of their positions. But like I said, we were very fortunate uh, to have a, a large number of applicants of well-qualified. We're very happy with how things turned out. Uh, the residents are, are great physicians. Um, they're very eager to learn and have, have done a good job um, in the few months they've been here. Well, it sounds like they worked very hard for that position. You say, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. tell me again, 1,200? How many? 2,700. 2,700. So yeah, mm -hmm. 2,700 people uh, mm -hmm. going after 12 positions. That's wow. correct. That that is something else, and you'll be a part of choosing those next year. Yes, and that, that is that is going to be a huge job, <laughs> going through that and picking three hundred out of that mm -hmm. twenty seven hundred. Wow! So it sounds like that uh, you picked the cream of the crop, or we, we got some great residents. Yeah, we were very fortunate. Like I said, most of the residents um, are uh, very well trained, coming from all across the country. Um, various different programs. Most of our second-year residents um, are actually were physicians in other countries, uh, practiced for years, completed their training, and wanted to come to the United States, so actually have to go through uh, residency a second time in the, in the United States. So they actually have a great amount of experience and have been attending physicians in other countries as well. Mm -hmm. So they, they bring a lot of uh, maturity and clinical experience uh, to our program, which is very good. Uh, in the leadership roles that they currently are serving. So Hamilton is a teaching hospital. Correct. That's absolutely right. Um, so we have the residency program. 
Um, we also host a, a large number of medical students. Um, those come from a couple different sources. Uh, the Medical College of Georgia being one of the main contributors, and then we um, also have uh, the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, which is in Atlanta, that sends us students as well. And those students will rotate in our clinic as well, um, uh, work with the residents. The residents will have opportunities to be uh, not only learners but educators, uh, which is just as important to training is to learn how to teach people well. Um, as it is to learn the information yourself, um, because that's what they're going to be doing with patients. Well, that's that's true. And then you said after first year, a lot of the second and third year uh, mm -hmm. residents will help those those that are just coming in the program. Yeah. And then when you get these these doctors from other countries, they have to go through the residency program. That is just wonderful. Mm -hmm. It is because they bring so much in terms of uh, just breadth of experience. Um, so uh, some of them have actually been physicians longer than I have. So. Really? Yeah, it's incredible. That yes. is that is incredible. That is great. It's so interesting. The residency program, uh, teaching hospital, all this I'm learning so much today. I'm glad that you're with us. Uh, folks, hold on. We'll be back in just a moment on Health for Life after this with Dr. Daniel Grace. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% .9 of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Did you know that colon cancer claims over 50,000 lives each year? The good news is that colonoscopies save lives. Convenient appointments are available at Hamilton Medical Center's new Bandy Endoscopy Center, located at the corner of Broadrick and Memorial Drives. Hamilton follows CDC guidelines and screens for COVID-19 symptoms at the door. If you are age 50 or older or have a family history of colon cancer, ask your primary care provider to schedule your colonoscopy. Please don't delay important medical screenings. Your health won't wait. Welcome back to Health for Life. We're talking with Dr. Daniel Grace of Hamilton Internal Medicine. So many, so many great things we've talked about so far uh, in this 30-minute program. We're about to wrap it up here in just a few, but I do have a couple of other things that I wanted to talk to, about, uh, talk to you about, Dr. Grace. First, tell us about Hamilton Internal Medicine Clinic. What kind of services do you provide at the clinic? So absolutely, we uh, we work on um, doing a lot of preventative health. So things like cancer screenings, immunizations, trying to keep people healthy in the community, not just treat the disease, but also be proactive and keep people from getting sick to begin with. Uh, we do our uh, medical Medicare wellness checks, Medicare wellness exams, annual physicals. Um, but we also uh, spend a lot of time taking care of patients' chronic medical problems. And as you know, our community continues to age just as it does across the whole country. Um, you know, that's going to be much more important uh, to be able to coordinate care among multiple chronic medical conditions with multiple specialists. Um, in addition, we do spend a lot of time doing uh, coordination of care with uh, patients who've been in the hospital, who've been seen in the emergency room or urgent care. So we actually have a resident team in the hospital who admits patients and takes care of patients directly. Mm -hmm. um, they're there all the time, every day, um, day and night, taking care of those patients. And so a lot of the time, just 
like with any community, making sure that things that are supposed to be done in the hospital and are set up actually get performed once they're back home. I see. So after after they're uh, let after they go home from the hospital uh, and, and they get home, you guys still work with them and help them. Absolutely. And a lot of times, you know, if somebody has an orthopedic issue or a, a heart issue or diabetes issue, they're given, you know, sometimes two or three referrals to specialists uh, that may be started on three or four different medications and have a, you know, a complex home regimen. Um, when they come to the outpatient clinic, we're reviewing all that information, making sure that they were able to schedule those appointments, helping them when they're not being able to, sometimes contacting those physician offices directly, and then reviewing all the information that was done in the hospital, um, if there were any outstanding blood work that needed to be done or follow-up CT scans or x-rays, making sure those things get performed, uh, basically coordinating that into one package so that the patient's care is, is appropriately carried through that entire time. And, you know, studies have shown and, you know, personal experience, the better job we do of doing that, the less likely patients are to end up back in the hospital, uh, either from heart failure or COPD um, or even just medication complications. Uh, sometimes, you know, we want to do... Um, the best by everyone and do no harm. But sometimes, uh, you know, if there's an adverse reaction to a medication and we can catch that early, um, it'll prevent uh, bad things happening down the road. So, you know, getting that early appointment uh, for a hospital follow-up or emergency room follow-up can be quite preventative and um, stave off a lot of issues down the road. Yeah, I would imagine so. And you say you have 12 physicians there now, resident physicians. Well, we have we have eighteen. You have eighteen, okay. Yeah. So you have eighteen. So um, you you guys can talk amongst yourselves, get second opinions on on a patient, and uh, and really really make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I was saying um, in a previous segment, the residents see the patient as their primary caregiver, just like um, any any community physician. Uh, the residents are in the in the residency program for three years. You know, many of those may stay on even later in the community, but uh, during those three years, uh, the resident will see the patient um, just like any physician would. And then uh, they will come and present their information, their findings to myself or Dr. Masson, who's another physician in the clinic, or Dr. Pierce, uh, the residency program director. Um, Sometimes we'll actually present that information in the room with the patient so that they feel involved uh, in that process. And when we do that, it actually gives another set of eyes to go over everything. And um, I know you probably feel the same that, you know, when you have somebody else looking over your work, they can always pick on, on something that you didn't uh, see the first Every time. Every single time, yes. So it's really helpful to have that second set of um, eyes looking over all the information. Um, you know, personally, I, I when I write something, I always get someone to proofread it. So, you know, it's kind of like that while these residents are still in their specialty training, uh, even though they're full physicians, uh, we give them feedback, input, um, help to make sure that all the typical preventative care measures are met and that we're, we're doing what's right for the patient. Um, so in that, you know, time and time again, we can just find that fewer things are missed. Um, things are reviewed further uh, than they would be if it was just one person. 
at a time. I understand. Uh, one of the things that, uh, because the weather is really changing, and it seems like this year is changing quick, uh, flu shots. And uh, flu shots are very important. Absolutely. That falls into that preventative care and immunizations uh, that I was mentioning earlier. We will we will be doing that for, for folks who want to come by to the clinic and uh, get a flu shot, establish care with a new primary care doctor, and make sure all the other preventative stuff is up to date as well. Good. That's good news. So uh, go in, get your flu shot. That's a great idea, and uh, uh, you'll be on your way. Um, what about insurance? You got self-pay. Do you have insurance? You all take a lot of different insurance, I'm sure. Absolutely. You know, we operate just like any other uh, primary care clinic in the uh, community. We take uh, self-pay patients. We take Medicaid, Medicare, um, private insurance. So anyone who comes to the clinic is going to get uh, service. Uh, we'll even work with uh, folks who are uh, on the needs-based uh, program as well. Good. That is very good. Um, it, it's wonderful. And I know that uh, right now in our community, there's a need for more internal medicine doctors. And so it's great having you guys there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as our community uh, gets older and, you know, there are more complex patients, the older in life and the longer in life that we go, uh, internal medicine physicians are just going to be incredibly important in keeping this, this whole cohort of um, folks healthy, uh, long into life, preventing things um, as long as we can so that, you know, that the years that are there are not just years, but they're enjoyable time as well. Dr. Grace, it was great having you as a guest today. Thank you so much for letting me come on the show. I'm glad you did. Thank you for joining us for Health for Life today. Had Dr. Daniel Grace on the air. A very interesting interview. Uh, If you'd like to have more information or for an appointment at Hamilton Internal Medicine Clinic, call this number, 706-226-8990, 706-226-8990, or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash internal. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. 